Welcome to the Shake Up Podcast. I'm your host and co-founder of Mr. Consistent, Jared Bell. This is a podcast where we invite friends of the brand into our studio. We get to know their story a little bit better. We chat all things business, culture, and marketing, all while shaking up a few cocktails. This week on the Shake Up Podcast, we have design manager for Verge Girl, Tegan McLeod. Verge Girl is a women's online boutique store that creates its own collections. The role of design manager is multifaceted and widely looked at as a dream role for many up-and-coming designers. Having the ability to create and construct a wide range of fashion pieces also comes with tremendous responsibility and an amount of work. Tegan has pulled herself to the top by remaining persistent through her challenges and wearing a hard shell as superiors critique her work. But without question, it is a role that she deserves and has pushed herself towards, from working as an intern assisting on runway shoots to truly embodying the fashion designer she is now. Hard work truly does pay off and Tegan has a story to prove it. So let's get into this episode. Welcome to another episode of <laughs> Welcome to another episode of the Shake Up Podcast. We actually just tried to start recording. We're using a new platform today. We're we're doing, you'll see it today, a little cut, cut. Uh, Tommy North's over here, forgot to press the record button. But we've got a very hey, special guest. Bad. <laughs> it happens. We've got a special guest in here today, Tegan McLeod. She's a designer. She's a design manager at Verge Girl. And she designs, like, they're an online business, online platform. Huge, huge, huge. And you design the clothes for the cool people of of this day and age, right? <laughs> yeah, I guess I guess you could say that. So yeah, me me and the creative team, um, alongside with Nat, who's the creative director, just design clothes, as you said. Well, that's not all that we do. Um, it's not as glamorous as it sounds, but yes, that's what we do. Yeah, cool. How long have you been designing for? I think it's been a decade now. It makes me feel really wow. old saying that. It's been a long time, but it actually, it feels not. Like it's been that long. Um, I think because it's so fast paced and it's like forever moving and forever changing as well. So it the time has just gone so quick. It is Black Friday. We are drinking our Blushini mix. But you I, you walked in, you're on the phone, you're like blah, 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 down the phone barrel. Like it's obviously <laughs> crazy for you guys over there at Vertical, like being Black Friday as well. Like I imagine it's absolutely manic. It's crazy. We have like some amazing sales on. <laughs> Check them out. Uh, but yeah, it's like it's just been so crazy um, this entire year. And I think like just the growth that the business has experienced from the States, it's just, it's been a really crazy year. But, you know, also along with that, like super, super exciting because I feel like so many businesses had a really tough time over COVID. So to be a part of a business that is thriving and I think has so much interest from other areas of the world, it's like really exciting to design, not just for like a local market. Absolutely. Like people are becoming more and more comfortable with like shopping online and purchasing a, a, a piece of clothing or whatever it might be off a really well styled image off like a model and like I know you guys do like lifestyle images plus studio shoots and then you do like video content and all that kind of stuff it makes it a lot easier and then the return process in like buy two sizes and send the one back that you don't like I know a lot of online retailers have kind of like that policy which makes people feel even more comfortable yeah I mean it's it is like a crazy turnaround in terms of like what the warehouse team can do and the capacity and how quick they can turn it around and just making it as easy as we can for the customer is the end goal and showing them like how they can wear something like we don't just want to do a studio shoot and and that's all we really want to show like how we envisioned it from our original concept of like where you can wear it and what you can do with it and how you can style it we want it to be exciting we want people to feel amazing when they wear it and we want people to be confident in it so that's epic how did you even get into this shit like like i know how i got into graphic design (laughs) but like 
Um, there's like obviously avenues. There's so many avenues of design and people probably don't even know like there's um, pattern making, there's um, like pattern design, yeah. then there's graphic design, then there's actual like um, designing of the garments, like taking inspiration from other garments and recreating things and doing all that kind of stuff. How did you like? Because you used to be working a hair salon. Yeah, so like, I used to. Um, I used to work in a, a little tidbit that I don't usually share, but here we are. <laughs> um, but I actually used to work in a. So I'm originally from Melbourne, so I used yeah. to work in a salon in South Yarra, and they had a deal with American Crew, which is like a men's hair styling yeah. brand. So they had like a partnership, and they worked like on Melbourne Fashion Week. They would style the like men's runway shows so I would go along to that when I was like a junior member of the team and all of a sudden I was like actually this side is is way cooler than what (laughs) than what I'm doing now like I want to do that so yeah I just like said to mum and dad I'm I'm gonna change I don't want to do this anymore and you know parents as you would know with Lola like you just come from a place of love but can often just like want to be like just want them to be safe and make the right decision. So it wasn't something that mum and dad really wanted me to change up and do, but I feel like I just had the fire inside me and was like, I don't really care. Like I'm just going to give it a go. And it's so hard to get into as well. Um, And there's so many limited jobs and there's so many negatives that you can look at. But I was like, I'm just going to see if I can, if they even want to have an interview with me because you have to have an interview to get in. And I was applying as a mature age student at that point, obviously. Um, How old were you? I think you have to be three years out of school to apply as a mature age. Um, sort of have to wind back the clock. <laughs> so like uh, early, early 20s. Years, so you're definitely doing like 20s, 21. Yeah, really early because I finished school when I was 17. Yeah. So year 12 back then. So yeah, just a few years after that. So applied and got in and I just had this feeling. I remember like when I walked into RMIT, I just had this feeling like this is where I'm supposed to be. Um, and I think mum and dad like had pretty much supported me up until this stage and they were like, we're not going to do it again (laughs) for like you to go back another three years, like make it work. But I was so determined. So I got a job at Sass and Bide in in their glory days. So I loved it there. And then I used to work like at a nightclub at night (laughs) Um, because I wasn't, because the uni course was so demanding and we literally only had one day off during the week. I couldn't really earn that much of an income. So I just like did whatever at that time. I look back now and I'm like, I had so much energy. Many of those courses don't have, they don't allow people to have jobs, like earn cash and be able to pay for it themselves and earn a living, especially when you're a mature agent. Like you got, by 23, you got some fucking bills. (laughs) (laughs) You got got phone bills, you got rent, you got like, like they all come in at once and then it's really hard to earn money while, um, getting a career later on in life. Exactly. So that's why I was like, it's only going to be temporary. So this right now will only be temporary. But also at the same time, like it was so much fun, like working with the girls at SAS who are still some of my like really close friends now. It was just a really good time and it wasn't going to be forever, but I just, I just really enjoyed what I was doing. So when, I know it's generic, but when you love it, it doesn't feel like, an ache, you know, yeah. you're tired and you're exhausted, but it's it's not. You quite pain. enjoy what you do. Hey, Tommy. I do. <laughs> <laughs> enjoy what when he's doing. doing it right. <laughs> yeah, I, like I'm. I, I believe in the same thing. Like when you um, 
when you enjoy your job, it doesn't feel like a job, but like mm. I, I love creating, I love designing, I love um, doing brand and marketing stuff. Like it doesn't, like if I don't do it for a week, holy shit, I'm bored. Like yeah. I feel like I've just got that energy to put out and I need to put it into something. RMIT. That you say it? RMIT. RMIT, <laughs> yes, that's when right. Did you go, so when you – how long do you study there for? Like, So of, it's like three years, years, but you can do like an additional like year on top of that yeah. and like further your education. But because I was mature age, as soon as I had that qualification, I was like, I want to try and get a job as soon yeah, as I can. Okay. Um, So I started interning and it's really tough because when people are looking for entry-level design assistants they sort of want experience but you Mm. obviously have no experience so I just started interning for free (laughs) interning's hard right like yeah interning like it's unpaid usually and it's um you you're basically begging somebody to teach you while they're like working in a really high paced fast environment like you're like give me time give me time give me time and they're trying to show you things but then they're obviously like super busy in what they're doing it's really hard to find somebody that will actually give you the time of day to show you the ropes and you get some random jobs as well like when I did an internship at Mimco like you can imagine you walk in it's like walls like full of like bead rolls and I used to have to make up the sample pack so like take the correct amount of beads like (laughs) off each little one and like package them up in a little thing the end of the day my hands are so gross but you know you just you just do like what you have to do and I always just sort of had a bit of a like just get on with it mentality (laughs) um and yeah, I just in, enjoyed it. So, so when how after you intern, what what happened then? Like, obviously, there's a, a pathway that you've got. Like, you to, you're the fucking big boss. You know, you're the design manager. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you're the guru now. You're the guru trying to give uh, people time of day. How did you get there? Because you worked at River Island, which is like a huge. Um, like a chain, right, in the, yeah. in the UK? They have like um, bricks and mortar and have a huge presence on like Oxford Street, which yeah, obviously right. Oxford Street has changed so much now with what's happened with like Topshop and everything. But, you know, years ago they had that huge presence there. So I had an opportunity to move overseas with the current role that I was in. They had yep. a small trend forecasting office like in the City of London. So... I was like, I'm going to do it and just see what happens. I wasn't like 100% sure. Like I, I never had the idea that I really wanted to move overseas. Like I'd travelled quite a lot but I never thought about living somewhere else sort of until, somewhere. yeah, these stars aligned and then I moved over there and I did that and it was amazing and then it sort of got headhunted by River Island and then moved into a role, like a junior role as a designer there um, and it was crazy um but it was amazing and I still like speak to the girls from there now they're all still working at like amazing like really big businesses in the UK so it was a great experience for me but obviously I was on a visa so I only had a short amount of time that I could spend there and when um it sort of come to the end of my visa they wanted to sponsor me um, I'm like, oh, I'm not sure how much of this I can say. Um, but essentially, like, if I left outside of that contractual term, maybe this one yeah. to be cut out of it. Uh, but if I left out of their contractual term, I would have had to pay the money that they had paid to, like, bring me on as a oh, – like, Yeah, that's pretty co- – That's yeah, that's super common. Like, if they – 
um, you have to fulfill your contract. Like if they pay for your sponsorship and you don't fulfill your contract, then yeah. you have to pay the money back that the sponsorship costs the business. Yeah. Super common. Okay, that's good. But like so at the time. It's Australia. Like yeah. It's Australia. I, yeah. I just had no idea though. I it's was all, like, and it's oh, scary no, too. It's like scary. It's, it's a very, um, it's a fucking huge cloud to put over somebody's head, right? Like yeah. when you go, we're going to sponsor you, we're going to pay X amount of money, but also just FYI, if you don't love your job and you're not loving your life here, it's going to cost you X amount of dollars to get out of your contract here yeah. in, in the UK to even go home. Yeah, exactly. And that really scared me, like that thought of being like locked in. So, and then also by this stage, I'd met my now fiance, Callan. Um, the man, and, the myth. Yes, the man, <laughs> the myth, the legend. Um, he was a construction manager and wasn't able to be sponsored. So it was like a bit of a fork in the road for me yet again, because I was like, what are we going to do? Um, and then I was like, you know what? I've had an amazing time. Yes, I could stay on, but I think I'm ready to go back home now. And I had in my mind that if I didn't leave London then, when would I leave? Like yeah. I just thought I would stay. And stay I was forever. like, yeah. You've got a cloud over your head as well. Like- <laughs> I'm in fear. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, we left. Um, he's from Cairns and I'm from Melbourne. So we moved back to Melbourne. Um, and then I started having chats with Princess Polly. And next minute I was on another plane to... Belly heads, yeah. yeah. Now you're home. Do you call this home? Yeah, I do now in Miami. That's my little my little home. Yeah, good. And then Princess Polly was like a it was a pretty similar role. Um, you were there for a little while, and that's that's how we met because my wife used to work with her as well. But then you've obviously moved on to Verge Girl, and um, like you guys create like amazing pieces like how like you drop collections. How often? So every week we have new products go like, that's online. That's crazy. Like. How yeah. many new products go online every week? It's a lot. It varies. Um, so we're talking it, hun- like hundreds, though, right? Like, oh, it can go, go anywhere from between like fifty to hundred. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's a lot of pieces of clothing. It's a lot of pieces. It's a lot of pieces. We do also like drop collections. So we've had like our first sustainable swimwear range launch, and yeah. we do do bits on top of like our weekly uploads yeah. as well. So it's a bit of a, um, I guess, a variety, but. Yeah, essentially we like work towards um, our like weekly uploads and it's a really creative role like at Verge Girl, which is why I feel so grateful to be there and why I enjoy every day because, you know, working, I've worked at a few businesses now and not every business runs how Verge Girl runs and really values like creativity and a really unique, I think it has a really strong DNA um, and I think that is like, you know, that comes down from from the owners, Dan and Nat and Kale. But it's really great that although we are a trend-driven business, we take so much inspiration from like vintage and different bits and pieces that that's why I feel like it feels so unique and that's why it's so exciting to be a part of as well because I just feel like so many businesses get stuck at like looking at runway shows or looking at big trend forecasting platforms, which are amazing, but they're a huge cost to the business. So it's, I think, Things are changing now, like in terms of apparel and inspiration. And you can get inspiration from anywhere, like from interiors and from amazing fabrics. And it's it's just great to be a part of a really creative business. I love like that's the one thing that we're we're really conscious of as we grow this business is to become um we're obviously pretty lifestyle orientated, but not going down the like the mission of 
us three directors as owners of like what do we actually care about? Like mm. is it money? Is it actually changing the culture of cocktails and people like getting really good drinks to people at home or allowing people to be able to drink really good drinks in bars and venues and like they're the things that um, sometimes I think can get mixed messaging when the dollars start rolling through the door heavily and then you start mixed messaging into your staff and your creative team and it's it's starts to become more about top line than anything else in the business versus the staff and the culture that you are creating. Yeah, exactly. And I think like at Verge, the the passion that I have and I feel like the entire creative team has is I feel like everyone listening to this podcast has put something on and been like, I'm feeling me. Like, yeah, yeah like, <laughs> I feel good. So it's like if we can share that with our community how amazing is that? Yeah, so, cool. yeah, it's nice to know that you can evoke a certain feeling in someone by something that you've put a lot of time and energy and love in to create. So, your customers, like your customers are pretty vocal as well. Like, and same with ours, like when they love something, they bloody love it and they like they tag, they, they share it with their friends. And like, word of mouth is obviously the strongest piece of marketing. Like, you got to get this dress or you got to get this cocktail mix or whatever it is. That's how. That's how really good stuff happens for business when people really believe that deeply in what you're doing. Exactly. So I think it's so exciting when you see organic growth. Mm. And obviously there's so much around growth and all the different avenues. But to have organic growth, you know that you really have like a loyal following. Yeah. Which is nice. In saying that, we're going to get another drink here. You're going to make a margarita and we see how fast you can make this margarita. Oh, okay. You've Who drank do I a have? few cocktails in your time, so I reckon you might be all right here. I don't know, I'm not usually on the other end, but... <laughs> you're on the drinking end, not the making end. Cal, Cal your partner's on the um, on the making end. Shaking you? up, Mr. C. <laughs> Who do I have to beat? What's the top oh, time? There's heaps of people up there, but J- I'm Jared. the top time. I'm Jared's the top, top time. 20 seconds. Let's not aim. Seconds. I mean, aim aim for it, but aim higher. Oh, you feel like – I feel like there's a lack of confidence in me there. <laughs> aim higher. <laughs> oh, look. Um, do, you know, do you know anyone on the board? Of, like 34. Cat, cats on the board. Oh, okay. Let's – love you, cat. Let's aim to be cat. <laughs> cat cat's 29.76. Oh, I reckon I've we can got get cat, it. Yeah. All right. All right we'll, we'll come back. We'll, we'll set you up and we'll Let's do it. Let's go. Right. <laughs> right, we're set up. We're going to do the speed test. Yes. We're going to aim, we're aiming to beat 29, what's Kat's time? 29 what? 29.76. 29.76 is what we're going to get you. 75 mils of Mr. Consistent Mix, 45 mils of the booze, ice, five shakes, strain into the glass, garnish it, that'll be your time. Oi, my heart's beating. <laughs> <laughs> this so good. It gets, like, it gets you real pumped Please. up, babe. You wait till after you'll be shaking. Oh, like, my God. It's so good. I love it. All right, Tommy, you're on the timer. Push that one go, away. We're going to go Just ready, wait, wait. set. He'll go, he'll go ready. What do you want to do? Three, two, one, go. Yeah. And go on, go. So okay, three, three, two, two one, one, then go. So right. I'll go on, go. Yeah. Are you ready? All right, I'm going to talk you through what we're doing. It, so. All right. Three, two, one, go. Ice, bang, mix all the way to the top. Quick, quick, feel, feel, feel. Yeah, here we go. Dump that thing in. Bang, tequila, second line down. This is good this time. Is good, good. Keep going, keep going. There you go, done. Five shakes, put on top. One, two, three, four, five. Get that lid off. Get it off. Whack it. You gotta whack it. You gotta whack it. There you go. All right, strain on top, pour it out. Oh, she's done double handed. Get the garnish on top. Time. Oh, 23.39. Yeah! Soz cat. 
<laughs> what a good time. Oh, my God. 23-39. That puts you... 39. Oh, I'm like shaking. Ninth. Holy shit. Ninth? Yeah. Yes. 23-39. Oh, I'm one under one of the coaches. Can you see it? Yeah. <laughs> 2339. I'll write. Oh, that's wrong. No, Remember? it was right. No. It's Teague's MC. Oh, my, my Insta handle. Yeah, Insta handle's <laughs> at sorry. Teague's MC. T E A G S M C. Those following at home. Well, clean up. All right, we're going to clean this up and we'll come back. 2339. Absolute belter of a fucking time. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Self clap. A little, little, little golf clap. <laughs> <laughs> Absolute belter of a time. Ninth place on the board. Amazing. Happy with that. Are you just like feeling the, like the. I'm the, like struggling the, to sit down. <laughs> I'm struggling to sit down. I'm like, let's go, everyone. Let's how's it, go. How's it taste? Um, it's obviously amazing. It's my cocktail of choice from Mr. C. Although like espresso does rival it. Rival there's a time it. for a margie and there's a time for espresso. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They've all got their individual time slots. <laughs> When you um, we talk about like a little bit more about I guess about the design stuff, but there's so many different avenues, right? Like how how many different roles is there, say, in your team that you guys like? There's probably parts you do externally, but there's probably parts that you do internally of like those different roles. I sort of touched on earlier about pattern making designer, graphic designer. Yeah, and every role like is really a specialist role, but as um as you would probably know, like. When you start small, you sort of do a bit of everything. Yeah. But as the business grows, it allows you to bring on people who are specialists in their field. So whether that be a pattern maker or a garment technician or a graphic designer mm. and then an actual designer. Sorry, I say actual, but a, you know, a clothing designer. Mm. Um, so I remember when I was at Billabong, right? Like mm. I walked into a pattern making room mm. like with 10 pattern makers in there. Like it was insane. And then the design department's down the other end of the building. Yeah. Like it's crazy. It's crazy how many hands touch that one piece that you receive and that you purchase. So every, as I said, every avenue is really a specialist avenue. But for me, I always actually loved the items of clothes and silhouettes. So I knew that's where I wanted to land. And actually like pattern making, it's very like numerical. Mm. And I'm not, similar to you, I'm not so yeah, numbersy. Like sizing, right? Like you, you create a size on a, they create a size on a basic, like on a block. Mm. And then they grow the block out to go from has to be graded yeah, from small to down extra small up to extra large, whatever it is. And, mm. and same with, you know, they make it in a size eight and it's got to go to a 12. Like it just up and down, like there's grading. It's all number. It's very numbersy. It's all. Yeah. Fit. Yeah, exactly. So there's so, there's so much um, technical side around it. And that's why you have to give real respect to people that do do that, like as yeah. their sole trade. Cause it really is. Um, so you know, at, at Verge, we're, we're lucky that we're able to start to split some of those tasks because the business is at a stage where not everyone in design has to do all of those roles, yeah. which is really exciting um, for me because I like doing it. Um, but it it honestly, um, it's it's great. So I, I as I said, I always knew that I wanted to do the silhouette side yeah. of things and really focus on that. Um, and that's something that 
as I said earlier, like it's great that Verge is so creative and the design team is really able to focus on that and just bring the most beautiful pieces we can to our amazing customers. Because your life, your life looked a fair bit different, like from where it currently is. Like as a designer, you usually travel a lot. Mm. Like to now currently, like how do you get your inspiration? Because beforehand, mm. um, typically buyers and designers travel heaps and they do – um, you know, they go overseas and they see what trends are happening in stores in US, UK, um, all over the world. And then they go into vintage and they pull inspiration from vintage clothing. Like Australian vintage clothing is not it's different. great. There's a smoke. You might find a couple of um, gold nuggets in the in the big piles of turds. But like in the US, you go into vintage stores that are literally yeah. ripe for the picking. Like there's all this amazing stuff that um, – their showrooms, like their yeah, showrooms. When I worked um, at London, when we used to launch like special collections, we would have a showroom that we would go to and it was like purely just really high-end vintage. So you could just go in there and you would pay to hire that one vintage piece. So it might be YSL from the 60s or, you know, yeah, right. whenever. And you could – purchase that and you would take it away and then you would return it. So you would like rent these vintage pieces of clothes like throughout the decades. It's just something that, I mean, London, it's got so many more years on Australia. So you Mm. understand how that's landed where it has. But as you said, the same thing, like I've been away with Carissa to the States where we would go to appointments. Carissa's my wife for reference. She's a buyer. So like two different (laughs) people. (laughs) Just work on the same things but work together on getting a product to market. Exactly. And we would go and there's like vintage that you can have a look at, which is just like rails and rails and rails and it's all really affordable. Or you can go look at more like specialised vintage where you book appointments and you go to the showroom. So there's so much inspiration. I mean, luckily a lot of places have adapted to this like current, you know, couple of years that we've seen. And there are, you know, a lot of the vintage shops are on, you can like make appointments online and you can still do that. Obviously everything's just so much more difficult because as you said, prior to this time, like I would go to China maybe three times a year and then the States a couple of times, then you know, to Hong Kong as well. So it was a really different time. So I've never been in the same place for for such a long time, Um, which has been crazy because obviously Gold Coast isn't like, naturally my home where I'm from so it's been I guess challenging for me personally but you know you just adapt like once again you just adapt and there are other things as I mentioned like you can take inspiration from that you don't have to travel for so there's lots of cool websites out there and lots Mm. of like obviously cool blogs Pinterest is obviously an easy one but there's loads of different places where you can pull inspiration for materials and fabrics and most of those places send swatches like a lot of um like factories work on new materials and new garments and all different kinds of zips and buttons and bloody blahs and like like what you used to do at Mimco, pull off the button. Like they'll send you loads and loads of buttons and they'll send you loads and loads of swatches of fabrics and you can actually choose the fabrics and then you can choose what colour you want the fabric or this fabric can have a print on it and they'll they'll sublimate or print um, print prints on like ice. This is one of the crazy things that I found out is when they do like when it's not sublimated, and it's mass printed 
and it's like a giant screen print, like where they lay like six meters of whatever it is, and they still put the mesh down and then run a big printing Huge. screen over it, and they can do like three or four colors. Like it's crazy the machines they have over there, and that's you what know, I like mean. In China and places like that. Oh, it's crazy, yeah. and that in itself is like then another alley that you can completely mm. go down. So it is. Um, it's so broad, but when you do see things like that, like I remember when I was in China, we went to a denim factory and there was literally like this machine and it like cuts out the pocket and then it slides down the like left-hand side and then it places the pocket on and then the other machine like stitches it and it's all like so seamless and so fast and like spits it off the end. <laughs> so it's just honestly and machines that put the poppers on and the amount that they can do in such a short amount of time, it's just... It really is crazy. Because there's a lot of trend forecasting that goes into you, like into what you do as well. Like is the, how, do you, how do you even work that out? Like, what's, like obviously runway is a major one that kind of predicts where fashion is going to go, but then pulling it down on that, like, and being seasonal to mm. the place where you're most popular in. Like you guys are obviously most popular in Australia um, with America coming along, but those – those guys run on like, I guess, two kind of different seasons. Yeah. So it is that challenge of designing for two different hemispheres. But I feel like when I lived in the UK and through traveling, like how I always have, I have like an understanding, I think, of the market. And you also, in design, although it's heavy, heavily creative, you read sales and you understand like what works for your customer and you're yeah. able to develop into it or you're able to take the trend and be like, this is like what it's looking like in this one space. So say this trend's taken off on like TikTok now. It's like such a different time to 10 years How ago. How mad is it, eh? Like when what? Oh Chris my God. She sends me like tickies and she's like, hey, we need to do this TikTok. It's going off. I'm like, yep, right <laughs> Literally like the younger girls like, some of the younger team at work will like come in, but that's why it's so great to have like a diverse team, like whether, you know, age and everything mm. and they can come in and be like, this is this thing that's like trending now on TikTok. So it's not even from like a traditional like trend forecasting platform or how you would traditionally pull a story together. Or Something goes viral next day. It's like radio work on a product to fulfill that demand. Yeah. That's obviously currently like gone. Ham sandwich. Yeah, literally, it's it's crazy. So there's um there's so many different elements to to pulling things together, and then you can just make it suit like your season or your brand or whatever it may be. Has there been any? Have you had like obviously you've had loads of bestsellers. Chris has told me you'd had heaps of bestsellers. Is there one piece that you've designed that's like stood out to you? Um, like I for mean, any brand business or whatever it was, it was like wow. I can't like a, you saw it on somebody like it was like holy shit that person's wearing it. Um, that's probably a good way to. Yeah, <laughs> I think that like uh, you know for me personally, as I spoke to earlier in back in working at Sass and Bide in the glory days there, yeah. I love Pip Edwards who has obviously gone on to create P, P Nation, Nation yep. the Empire. Um, and but at that time she was designing the accessories at Sass and Bide and I always just thought that she was so cool. She would talk about it and do all of it. She the is show. pretty fucking cool. She's so cool. <laughs> and a few weeks ago she wore one of my tops from Verge Girl and I was like, That's just crazy. That's cool. I just love it. She's her. a designer, like she's a mad designer. Like, yeah. She creates some cool shit. Like P Nation was way ahead of its time yeah. in terms of sport active wear and stuff. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, and it's so her. I feel like that is it's really like speaks to her style. And so to see her like wear one of my tops that I worked on at Verge, I'm like, Oh, that's really nice. You know? That's rad. Yeah. All right, we're gonna play a card game. 
actually, I want to ask you a question. Any cringe topics, uh, like any cringe-worthy um, like trends going on, like Crocs <laughs> and shit? Like, like Crocs are popping off. Crocs <laughs> like, are. Post Malone selling out. Let's get your thoughts on Crocs. <laughs> yeah, let's get like. <laughs> I mean, like that. You know, so honestly, some people can really rock them. So it's like, you know, you do you, boo. <laughs> like if that's what you want to wear, good. I mean, I don't want to wear Crocs, but um, there's like many like cringeworthy, like I think some festival trends. Um, I'd prefer to keep like my ass in my underwear, but hey, <laughs> like assless chaps are a thing, like whatever. Um, you know, there's like fashion is fun though and you should have fun with it. So whatever you want to do, do it. Just be careful. Look in the mirror before you put your Crocs on. <laughs> Honestly, though, like, can you believe Post Malone is like selling Crocs out? Like, they're like worth. But that's I what I mean. Know. Fashion at the end of the day, like, it's, it is what it, you interpret it to be. Eh? It's what you make it, and it it really should be fun. And it's like have fun with it. So when this thing happened with Crocs, I was like, oh, it's actually a bit hilarious. Like, can we all like take a second? So I think. You know, whatever you want to do and however you want to wear it, just if you make it you, I think that's when you always look and feel the best. That's why I love going to like Japan where somewhere where like mm, they just, they it. dress for themselves. Like, yeah. like a lot of people uh, like dress, I, I I dress because I'm coming to work this way, but like I'll often put things on and Chris is like, you're going to wear that? And I'm like, yeah, I kind of like it. Like, <laughs> she's like, you can't wear that. <laughs> you're like, watch Tommy me. dress is really cool. Like most, like. <laughs> I got a text him. Shout out, Tommy. Hey, I did. I texted him. I was like, I want to wear, like, he was always wearing crop jeans. Like, yeah, crop jeans are like a quite Mm. trending thing. And I was like, I was just a dude wearing jeans that just fit. Did it really fit? And I was like, have I cut them high enough, man? I'm sending photos. I'm like, should I cut them high? Should I cut them high? Like, I was going to a party. I was like, I want to look cool. Yeah, I literally, Cal's like all across that now. He's like so tall. So it's a bit of a different proportion for him. But I I love it. You look cool today, Tommy. We'll get Belzy on the. the relaxed fit. Soon. Yeah, they need to be wide. Yeah, he's not there yet. They see? need to be wide. That's it. That's the look. I just and I, then with I, a cute I, pair of socks. Yeah, see, it, it feels like when you when you're wearing wide pants and you look down, you're like, "Whoa, are these my cowboy here or what?" <laughs> 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 Rem Williams. <laughs> are they dickies? <laughs> Uh, AS Color, man. Oh, hey, like 15, dickies. 17 uh, Gold Coast Highway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they look like dickies. <laughs> All right, we're going to play the card game here and choose. I've picked out a couple of cards here that I know you pretty well, so I reckon. Oh, one gosh. Of these, one of these. Oh, gosh. All right. All right, you want to choose one? This is also, just so you know, the Never Have I Ever Shake Up Card Game Pack. It's online now. You can play it. On trend, ombre, packaging, cute. Yeah, I am. Mate, I'm the most on-trend packing designer (laughs) you'll ever meet. All right, choose away. Cried in order to get my way. We might have to edit this out. I'm not. (laughs) (laughs) I don't feel like I've ever cried. I'm not like a, like I like take responsibility for shit that I do. Yeah, You still cry. Yeah. <laughs> fallen asleep in public? Yes. <laughs> I have fallen asleep in public. Where, when? Um, I like I'm a bit of a I guess a sleep pest. So when I a few years ago I went to 
New York over Christmas with my friends and we were so, well, I was so jet lagged, um, but we had like a pretty tight schedule. So we were moving around and we went to Times Square and I sat down on a bench and I fell asleep in Times Square. Done. Done. Out that like was it. Light. That was it. I've like fallen asleep. Um, when I was traveling around South America, my like flight got delayed, like in, in true, um, South American style. And I like had a 16 hour layover. So I just went to sleep at the airport. I didn't want to leave cause I was a bit scared and I hadn't met my friend yet. So I was like, I feel like I'm safer to fall asleep in Buenos Aires on the floor of the airport rather than try and leave. And then like stay at a hostel and come yeah. back. Um, Run the risk of not being there. Yeah, literally. <laughs> um, so I've fallen asleep in, yeah, many public places. One last question. Okay. Any advice for people that want to start? Like, like, because it's it's a – fashion is obviously a really cool area to work in. in mm. Work in. Design is the coolest part of, I think, the coolest mm. part of fashion to work in um, over like styling or any of, any of those other kind of things. What advice do you have for people that want to actually get into it? How they get into it? What do you do? Yeah. I think if you have studied design and you're looking to get a job, as I said, it it can be really tough because the amount of students that graduate don't match the amount of available roles that are there. So I feel like when there is a role available, like really put your time into your application. Like if you're applying for a certain business, you'll pretty much be able to look up who owns it or go on LinkedIn, find out who the HR manager is, send them a LinkedIn message first, then apply on Seek, wherever it is. Don't I feel like don't think that you're too cool, you know, like you sort of have to really to get in, you just have to be everywhere and cover all bases. And I think tailor your CV or put something together that is representative of the brand. So if you're going for a job at Verge Girl, look at what Verge Girl has, look at their offering and and say, this is what I feel like I can add and here's what I've put together yeah. to show you. Don't just bring in your portfolio that is a completely different style and doesn't really relate. So I feel like put the work in um, once you're in that situation and that will give you your best chance at standing out in an interview. And I guess outside of that, you just have to be like quite resilient and just not give up and just keep persisting. Like it is, there is so many glamorous sides of the industry, but in reality, like it is quite tough and it can be like quite cutting, particularly if you like creatively, if you get attached to something and someone just cuts it down, it can be really tough. But if you develop a thick skin and you just have persistence and you truly love it, you will get to where you want to be. Because there's so many different roles, like some a role might pop up in pattern making, but once you're in the business, when the role comes for design or whatever else it is or trend forecast or whatever it is, you can, like, it's easy to move inside a business. Uh, like the portfolio thing that you said, couldn't agree more. I love, like, nothing makes me stand up and see a resume or, a port, like, a somebody's application than, like, something that's they've gone and put time and effort into it because mm. they really, really, really want to work for your business. Yeah. And they, it can't, like, it's clear when they put something like that through. Yeah, Amazing exactly. advice. Thanks. Thanks, J-Bell. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing advice. All right, we're going to wrap it up. But thank you so much for coming in, coming a little margie and a little blushini with me. Oh, my God, any time, any time. So <laughs> I think we're actually going for a drink now. After we that. are. I'm going to, like I said to Carissa, we're going to put on Trolls again and have a dance <laughs> with Lola in the living room. Let's Lola's go. My so, all right, we're going to go have a drink. Uh, yes. Thank you so much for coming in. Really appreciate it. Cheers. Thanks, J-Val. Thanks. Chin chin.
That's today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. You know the drill. Like, subscribe, leave a review. Go show the Shake Up some love and stay connected. Don't forget you can watch all of our episodes on YouTube. Also, jump over to our Shake Up Cocktail Gang Facebook page where you can find out who's coming up on the podcast. And if you've got questions for them, I'll ask the bloody questions. You can also use the code SHAKEUP for 10% off on mrconsistent.com.au. Thank you so much for listening and just remember, shit that's fresh.